Welcome to Your Church and the Law, a special edition of the Minister's Friend podcast with John Kimball and our guest, David Bedanza. The Minister's Friend is a podcast helping pastors and other church leaders navigate the challenges of leading the flock. This special series of 12 podcast episodes is offered to help you and your congregation learn about and to think through some really critical legal considerations facing churches in today's America. Our guest is David Bedanza, a pastor and attorney in Massachusetts who specializes in church law. Welcome to Episode 3 of Your Church and the Law. One of the most important documents a church has is its bylaws, and this should also include the church's official statement of faith. These define who the church is, how it operates, and what the congregation believes. In this third segment of my interview with pastor and attorney Dave Bedanza, we discuss how the bylaws and the statement of faith even play a very important role in protecting the church from lawsuits. So that brings us to church bylaws. Yes. Very important. These are the things that will not be public unless you post it on your website. And these are the things that govern how you operate. And of course, the chief, the chief piece of the bylaws is the statement of faith. Amen. The statement of faith should be well-developed. It should talk about, of course, salvation and God and Christ and all those things. But um, there are particular aspects of the statement of faith that should be addressed. And if you go back to the Reformation, some of these issues weren't issues then. You know, um, the Reformation left us with a great legacy. And of course, the issue there was, what is the authority of Scripture and how does one get saved? Those, of course, are very still very important matters. But would they have thought about that, you know, what does marriage mean? That kind of thing. Yes. You know, what does the term marriage? Does it mean the uniting of one man and one woman? in a single exclusive union as delineated by the scripture? Um, what, what is sexually immoral conduct? You know, is adultery, fornication, homosexuality, pornography, all these yeah. things, you know, sexually immoral. And so the statement of faith is very important. And one of the reasons that it's important is because do you want to employ people in the church's operation that espouse to it? For instance, is it okay to have, you know, a cleaning lady that is a homosexual? Is that something you want? I mean, some churches would come down differently on that, I think. Mm-hmm. But um, if it got more close to, you know, Let's say the church has a daycare or the church has a school. If a person had that viewpoint, would you want them to be a teacher or a daycare worker? And unless you have your statement of faith and address those matters, as well as address the position, you know, 
that we believe it's biblical for that everybody who carries on the work of the church espoused to the statement of faith. So some other issues there would be the sanctity of life. Amen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then a statement, which I love to put in because you'll never get it all that the statement of faith does not exhaust the extent of our beliefs. Good point. You know, I don't think I've seen that in many church constitutions. You would say something to the effect that the Bible itself is the sole and final source of all that we believe. And here's another issue that's raised by that. For the purposes of the church, the purposes of the statement of faith, who is in the church, the final interpretive authority. Mm. Is it the pastor? Is it the pastor and elders? Is it somebody else? Is it the congregation? Can the congregation vote and say, okay, today we believe this, we used to believe that. So you really want to have that clause in your statement of faith, something that indicates who the final interpretive authority is. And of course, I think it's safer, personally, to have elders uh, because you don't want to have a pastor that goes off the rails, you know? (laughs) Which that never happens. (laughs) (laughs) I think what also as part of the statement of faith, which is very important, some denominations do this, and that is to have position statements have a carefully worded biblical, theological, supporting position. Why do we believe this, you know, from the Bible? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And those position statements can become part of your statement of faith or part of your bylaws. Very Mm -hmm. important. And the church can, you know, use that as a teaching vehicle as well. We believe this. Why do we believe this? You know, yes. not because we're mean to people or, you know, we believe God says this. And that's why we believe that, because we believe God. You know, the old saw, it's not if you believe in Jesus, do you believe Jesus? Amen. 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 So, so on, on matters like this with the, the statement of faith, um, is it true in all states that uh, once it's been duly approved and it's it's in there by the congregation then when somebody is received into membership uh, they automatically are saying by membership that they're agreeing with those documents and therefore there's informed consent yeah and i think that's important um and i would go up the stream a little bit when i'd start about that invariably someone comes into the church and we hope they do right they worship with us for a while you know how it goes. Mm-hmm. Some stay, some, some go. go. Yep. And as pastors, we want to see everybody stay, but that's not the case. But when they go, when they come and they say, you know what? They knock on your door and say, Pastor, I'd like to become a member. Mm-hmm. What I do is say, oh, that's fantastic. And if I perceive that they're ready for that, I will give them a membership application mm-hmm. for a few reasons. I have a 
four-page membership application. Oh, my goodness. It's not terrible. It, <laughs> it sounds terrible. Some of it's merely information gathering, mm-hmm. you know, your cell phone number, your email address, that kind of stuff. But some of it gets into things like, okay, and I love to put this question on there. You know, if you stood at the bar of heaven and Jesus said, why should I let you in? What would you say? Hmm. And if you have people give you just a little mini essay, you find out what they're trusting in. Amen. Jesus and him alone, then you have a great feeling. If you're trusting in something else, then you know maybe there's some work to do. But in that membership application, I have folks check some boxes. And one of those boxes is I have read the bylaws of the church and submit to them. Hmm. Because what you really want are those bylaws to be a contract between the church and the member. You know, and it's like, so that the member is informed, this is what we believe. This is what keeps, this belief keeps you a part of the church. If you go off the rails, um, you can be dismissed. Mm -hmm. In in our particular case, uh, what we've chosen to do is to have um, a membership covenant that's renewed every year. Well, we feel like we want people not just to make it a one-time thing, but to remember what they're they're upping for every single year. Um, does that serve the same kind of a purpose, or is there really a benefit to having it on the front end as a membership application? No, I think um, I think I've seen covenants, and renewing the covenants are great. Really, uh, it's a good idea because I think honestly, probably somewhere in the church. We could teach our bylaws, and um, it would be would be good. Mm-hmm. People would know the what and the why, you know? Yep. Thanks for joining us for this special episode in the series, Your Church and the Law, from the Minister's Friend podcast. We hope it was a blessing to you. There are 12 topical episodes in this special series. Be sure to listen to the others. They're available on all the major podcast platforms. The content of this podcast is for informational purposes only. It is not legal advice. If you have questions concerning how these topics relate to you and your congregation, please see an attorney who is licensed to practice law in your state. Thanks again for joining us. May God bless you and your church family with great fruit for his kingdom.